This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Well, hello, everybody. This is Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio. It is October 10th. Uh, 2019, I believe. Yes, 19. Um, I apologize. Last week we had a show set up and the computer board had totally different ideas. So my apologies for missing that. Um, And also thank you for Tulay Publishing for having such amazing authors and just being a wonderful publisher in general. But today we have author Tracy Goodwin, and I'm excited because I got to meet Tracy not too long ago, and we have obviously been separated at birth because we have a lot in common, (laughs) one of which is our love for hockey, which we get to talk about a lot today. So Tracy is the USA bestselling author of the Sexy New York Nighthawks contemporary romance series for Love Swept. In addition, she pens sweeping historical romances and vivid urban fantasies. Though the genres may be different, each story delivers her unique blend of passion, excitement, poignant emotion, humor, and unforgettable characters that steal readers' hearts and will keep you up very late at night. And they're also fabulously hot books to read as the weather cools off. So her latest book is about the New York Nighthawks hockey team and how they play on and off the ice. You can find Tracy at her website, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, BookBub, and Instagram. All those links are in the write-up of the show. Welcome, Miss Tracy. How are you today? Hey, I'm great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So let's start with um, your latest series, Contemporary Romance, is set yes. um, in with the hockey world. Tell me why yes. hockey. Uh, well, why not hockey? No. <laughs> okay, that's fair. But uh, <laughs> I find hockey to be a very sexy sport. Because you, when they're on the ice, you really can't see much of them, right? So, um, sure. so that's one thing. You can have really hot guys underneath the uniforms. But also what intrigues me about hockey and also a lot of sports, but hockey in particular, is that it is really tough on the bodies of the hockey players. You know, I do address mm-hmm. this in my first book. And after the season, you know, these guys are really exhausted, especially if they make it through the to the playoffs and then, you know, to the uh, Stanley Cup finals, it, it's tough on them. And, right. um, and that to me is intriguing. Uh, it makes a very good hero because there is some vulnerability there. So, um, so yeah, hockey is definitely of interest to me. And, um, and it's removing all the different layers. And uh, with my characters, yes, they're alpha males, but they're heroes with hearts of gold. So it's always nice to peel back the layers and to see the guys beneath the uh, helmets and the, all, the, all of the uniforms. Right. And, I mean, you know, getting through something that's tough builds – you know, you, you build character, you have drive. I mean, you know, people who are professional athletes are not guys that are, and, and girls or women that are um, like, well, I'll get to it later. You know, I mean, they're very, yeah. certain personalities are very driven. They're very sometimes almost in your face about stuff. Um, so what made you, first you're like, okay, why not hockey? And then you come up with your idea. Um, yeah. Did you... Were you always going to write like first person type situations, or were you going to uh, do? Th- I mean, what made you do the more in your head type um, writing? 
You know, it's funny. My first five books, um, the historical series Scandal Secrets, it's not in first-person point of view. And the first right. time I tried right. it was a paranormal that I wrote, Cursed. And I absolutely loved it. It was something that I that I enjoyed doing. And um, for the hockey series, I wanted it to be first-person point of view because I feel like if you can really get to see who these guys are by being in their heads. And the female heroines as well. But um, I really wanted readers to dig deep into who these men and women are on the inside. And that, to me, is first-person point of view. Um, It allows for so much more emotion and, for me, a connection with the characters. So, uh, you know, once I tried first-person point of view, I really fell in love with it. And And I love writing it truth be told. Not that I didn't love writing my historicals, because I did. Every book is my, you know, favorite as I'm writing it. But uh, the first person point of view just for me is, uh, is amazing to write. Yeah, it's pretty intense. And it's, I think it's kind of fun, because it gives you a very different perspective to the character, like they're just everything that makes them tick. And, um, and almost like the bubble over their heads the whole time you're picturing them in this conversation. Um, so That's I right. think it's, it's kind of fun. It's kind of like as a reader, you have the inside, more inside track on them. Um, and like you're standing on their shoulder watching everything happen, seeing what the other characters do. Right. It's kind of fun. So tell me, so you did Ice Hot was the first book. And that yeah. came out earlier this year. And now yes, this week, <laughs> this week is Ice Hard. So tell yes. me about the newest release. Well, the newest release uh, is based upon the best friend of the hero from the first book. So the first okay. book, book was about Christian Chase and Serena Ellis. And this picks up right after the first book. So they're still in the thick of the season. And, uh, and it starts off at a bachelor party for my book one hero, Chris, and Nick is his best friend and also his teammate, his unofficial enforcer. And Nick is trying to find what Chris has. He never knew it was missing, but when he sees Chris and Serena together, he realizes that he really wants a relationship that's meaningful. And so he uh, puts himself on a dating app, Scorcher, even though he did use an, an old profile picture where he's wearing sunglasses and fibbed a little bit about his name on there being the first and middle name. So uh, no teammates or opposing teams could find out and, and use it against him. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, he's very analytical. He, he's the one that monitors the Twitter feeds and is always trying to, you know, trash talk with the other teams and stuff like that. So um, he always planned on revealing who he was, but he happens to meet Camille the heroine at the bachelor party and she happens to be dressed as Britney Spears. Um, She's covering for her brother (laughs) who is uh, in college and um, there, there may or may not be uh, a dance of hit me baby one more time. Take it as there may, but, um, but their relationship (laughs) starts off from there and it's a very emotional journey. It is funny. Uh, There are some tears along the way, but uh, it was a very fulfilling story for me to write. And, of course, I brought my love of karaoke because I am a car- carpool karaoke queen. Just ask my kids. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's their first non-date date because Camille doesn't date jocks. 
and the reason ex- okay. is explained in the book. But uh, especially hockey players, she has an aversion to them that you will find out very okay. early on in the book. So uh, she takes That's Nick cool. to begin with on a non-date just so uh, to try to to try to turn him off. But uh, yes, karaoke is involved, and it doesn't quite go as she expected. Well, isn't that? But isn't that fun though? I mean, as you're, I know a lot of people, and you've probably been asked this a hundred times, even a thousand. Um, how do you come up with these ideas? And I would guess a lot of it is through people watching and, and experiences that you have. Um, like, why would you start it at a bachelor party? Why would you have karaoke involved? I mean, you know, <laughs> they, these little nuggets. I mean, do you just see these things as you're going through life and say, okay, I'm going to save that and put it here, and I'm going to save, you know. What is, what is your typical process? Or are these things just kind of come organically? Um, I do write what I know. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like the music I put in my books and stuff, that's all stuff I love. Uh, and certain situations are situations that I've gone through. So I do write a lot of what I know. Um, but in this instance, you know, I've never met anyone over karaoke <laughs> or, or dated everyone, anyone over karaoke or met anyone at a bachelorette party or a bachelor party. Um, so in those instances, it's I'm trying to find the funniest way possible for that meet cute. And in the first right. book, there's a 7-Eleven and a slushie involved. And, okay. uh, you know, she's dripping like a Smurf with a blue slushie all over her when she meets the hero for the first time. So I always try to find a funny, you know, take on that meet cute because to me it's the humor is very important as well. You know, these are sports romances, but they're also romantic comedies. And I yeah. think it's so just so important to laugh. Um, I really do. And I love laughing with characters and um, falling in love with their journey along the way as they find love. So to answer your question, some of it is people watching. A lot of it is just imagination and trying to think of, okay, what is the most unique way I can have them meet or, you know, have them converge. And, uh, And that's where I'm getting those first scenes from. Well, and I think it's it's fun to see because I think sometimes we're just always, as writers, always soaking up something. And even if, um, I mean, obviously there's certain ones that are like, oh, yeah, for sure that's going in a book. But, I mean, I, I think, too, we just kind of tuck it away and like, oh, well, oh, yeah, I guess I could use, you know, it's, it's like, it's hoarding. It's, yeah. it's, it's mental hoarding is what it is. Um, so you can true. come up with that. And I do love the fact that you brought up the the romantic comedy element because honestly I think any good romance whether it's on um, you know if it's a dramedy versus a romantic comedy um, on the screen or if it's on the book love is messy and love is supposed to be every emotion and so yes you should be laughing you should have fun yes <laughs> in order to get through life you have to be able to laugh at yourself you really do I've learned that the hard way and um, you know I, I'm the person that's the absolute klutz I mean you know just to take into account okay imagine book lovers con right and um, mm-hmm. my agent Nicole Rosnetti of the Seymour Agency had a shooting stars gala at book lovers con this year and we were in New Orleans and here we are in this big conference room in the hotel and I've got my table set up and all my swag and my you know 
hot, ice hot hockey, you know, mason jars with the cover on it, with the handsome model and all my other swag and everything. And I'm walking up to the table to put some free swag up for those prize winners. I fall flat, just my shoe gets caught in my hem. I fall flat on the floor. And, you know, it's like, okay, this is totally Tracy. This is something I would do. I mean, seriously, I'm a klutz. (laughs) So what do I do? I just get up, I curtsy, and I'm like, walk back over to my table. And I said, you know, they say, write what you know, and I know how to be a klutz. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you have to to laugh in these situations. Otherwise, not that I wasn't completely mortified because I was, but I was able to laugh at it. It's something I'm trying to teach my kids as well. I have a... uh, a seven going on eight year old and a nine going on ten year old, and I try to teach okay. them, let's, you know, let's laugh at these situations. Don't be as much embarrassed as it is. Just shake it off. You know, Taylor Swift. Right. We quote her a lot <laughs> in our family. The whole "shake it off" song. Um, not to give you an earworm <laughs> or anything at this early time in the morning, but you know, it's humor. <laughs> humor is part of my life. My husband is a very funny guy, and it's one of the things I love most about him. So. You know, you just have to laugh things off because that's life. <laughs> and oh yeah, when you're going for through sure. Tough stuff, being able to laugh something off is it makes it a lot easier to cope with. So, at least in my opinion, and where my life is concerned, I find solace in that. Well, so you have a few books that you have written, and now we're you're doing this series. Tell me mm-hmm. where. In your life, you said, you know what? What was the catalyst that you said, I think I want to write a book? That is, that's actually an easy one. Um, Okay. I was never allowed to read romance novels when I was a child or when I was in high school. My mom totally forbade it. So um, what I did was I picked up my first, I mean, short of Jane Austen and, you know, the classics, the Bronte Mm -hmm. sisters and everything. I was, I was devouring those, you know at a very young age and kept rereading them. So um, right before we got married, I found uh, Until You by Judith McNaught. And uh, telling my, oh, you know, this yeah. is telling of my age. It was in Kmart. It was hardback. I could not put that thing down. Went on my honeymoon and uh, totally forgot it. And that book was like, okay, I can't wait to get back home. Even though I love my honeymoon, can't wait to finish sure. that book. So that made me fall in love with romance. And I just started devouring everything. And then um, there was one time that I was, I I would always tell stories as a child. I mean, always tell stories. And there was one time I was talking to my husband about a book and I liked it, but I said, you know, this is the story I have in mind, you know, and it was something completely different, like a different take on it. And my husband's the one that said, you have all these ideas in your head. Why don't you just write a book? So easier said Mm -hmm. than done, right? But I actually did it and polished it and pitched it at an RWA. For those who don't know, it's the Romance Writers of America uh, conference there. And, um, and a small press published my very first book. And that was over a decade ago. And so uh, since then, I've had five of the historical romances, one paranormal, right. and then moved over to the contemporary with Love Swept. And there are these two you know, Ice Hard being the one that just released, and then there will be Ice Storm next year that's released. So it's a continuation of the series. But, yeah, it all just came from the fact that I wanted to write stories that 
I had in my head. And it's mm-hmm. so true when you hear authors saying that characters are calling to them, because in my case, they really do. I have stories and characters in my head that just, they want their stories told. And of course, in any other profession, they would call us, you know, a little yes. bit touched. Um, a little worried, but, yes. But yes, <laughs> that's right. But yes, authors do hear hear voices, and typically it's the voices of our characters, and that's what we listen to. So my very first romance book, like officially, you know, because again, you know, I read a bunch of different ones, and um, I don't count Sweet Valley High because those aren't, I don't consider those romance. Um, <laughs> they're definitely reads, and, and we read, it's, I mean, it sounds like you and I were both one of those people that read just whatever we could get our hands on. Um, yeah. And but the very first book I read that was considered tr- like classic romance was Judith McNaught, um, Whitney, my love. Yes, yeah. I read them out of order, but yes, that was after mm-hmm. after until you I read Whitney, my love, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then my friend Amy, um, she was like, you need to read this book, and I'm like, and that was before I was really thinking that I could write, like I could. Like, you know, you write papers and all that stuff in college, but it, it, like to write a book. And um, she's like, you really should write this. I think you'd like it uh, or you really should read it. And so I did. And I was like, oh, and, and of course, back then, you know, in the olden days, in the 80s, um, the, um, you had to wait a long time before the next book came out. So um, it, it was, yeah, it's very stressful. It's like, when is it coming? You know, um, so of course, I've read and reread all of Judith McNaught's books and Jude Devereaux and I was like, who else have I read? Um, and Brenda Jackson and, and um, yes. I, I'm looking at my, my bookshelf as we're talking and there's just too many to name that I've, yeah, it's just, but it's wonderful to have the option really of being able to have that. Um, and of course it all influences it's you. And then of, and of course, when you get to, I know, and then you get to meet them. I have not met Judith, mm-hmm. uh, Judith McNaught, but I have met Jude Devereaux and, and uh, had a whole thing planned to say to her, like, to sound really fabulously intelligent and engaged, and I just started bawling. <laughs> I just looked at her, and I just started crying, and she was very sweet, and patted my hand, and it's like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Judith McNaught is a very sweet woman. I did have the pleasure of meeting with her. And having lunch with her, and I met with her a few a few times, and uh, I would so like to thank her. Like I even tried getting in touch with her through her Facebook page, just to say mm-hmm. thank you, because um, you know I credit her in part with helping uh, my career become what it is. Because mm-hmm. you know of her beautiful writing, there are a couple of authors that I really credit. And at one point, I stopped writing for a while. You know, uh, my son was diagnosed with autism and uh, my daughter had been born, you know, very soon, very, a little bit earlier than that, but, um, but, you Mm -hmm. know, I had a newborn, we were getting him diagnosed and I just did not see myself writing anymore, even though, you know, I had books and a series and everything else. And I have to say, I missed it a lot. And I didn't realize what was missing because I was so caught up in insurance appeals and, you name it. I mean, you know, 300 page insurance appeals. It was just, it, sure. it was insane. So um, I remember book club was my one night out a month and I chose a discovery of witches, which remains one of my most favorite books and remains a favorite series of mine by Deborah Harkness. 
And Mm -hmm. when I read it, I remember thinking, this is what I miss. I miss the creativity. I miss the, I miss the writing. And that actually started me writing again. And um, I'm so grateful to her. I was able to thank her at uh, a book signing. And since then I've gone to several other signings to see her and she always remembers me, but you know, she inspired me to write, which is amazing. You never know what, I guess, as an author, your work will do for others. And, um, and, and in my case, the like question. Deborah Hart yeah. helped me through a very rough yeah, time, I mean, you know, it, it's powerful. Books are very powerful. They are. And, I mean, that brings me to the next question because you're, you know, those books helped you. Has someone come to you and said, your books helped me through this? I did hear from quite a few families of those with autism because mm-hmm. when I re-released my, my first book dance with deception was originally with small press and then okay. the rights reverted back to me and I had the second and third book written and eventually it would be a fourth, um, you know, audible would take them the four of them. And then I have a fifth, which is a novella. Um, because people asked for that particular character's story. So it's not full length, mm-hmm. but it's novella form. But in each of my historical romances, I reached out to special needs parents. And, you know, okay. it's a club that none of us wish to belong to. You know, sure. having an autistic child or a child on the spectrum, it's very difficult. And sometimes you feel extremely alone. And no amount of research and no amount of treatment seems to help at times. So I did put that in my acknowledgement. And I reached out and said, you know, you're not alone. It, you know, please feel free to reach out to me. And and readers actually did. And they reached out mm-hmm. to me with their stories and their what their lives were like and how they appreciated knowing that I was going through that and that, you know, how nice it was to be able to connect with someone. Because a lot of times we are very you know, home-minded and child-minded. You know, it's hard mm-hmm. to get out of that bubble because, you know, having having a child with autism, it takes 100% of you, especially in those early years when you're trying to get treatment and trying to try to fight this disease and make it work for you, not against you. And when it seems like you take two steps forward and three steps back and it's, one of those diseases that is relentless. And when you think you've got it and okay, it's getting better, it suddenly rears its ugly head again in a different way. So it's yeah. ever evolving. And yeah, I was, I was really touched that people reached out to me about that. And, um, and I'm always here for anyone who wants to email me because uh, that's important. Knowing that you're not alone is very important because sometimes well, you feel I, like I, you are. Of course. And even, you know, you had a little one and you had a child, a special needs child, and you're going through that process for sure of, of diagnosis. Um, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And, and you feel yeah. like, you know, I have to be the only person in the world where rationally you know you're not. Um, right. But when the only person you're talking to is coffee pot every day, um, <laughs> and it just, you know, and that's all you're doing. And listening to you know endless um, episodes of the Wiggles, it's it, and you know <laughs> the Wiggles are great, um, but I, I knew I, I knew I needed to get out more when my girls were really little, because I was at a mom's group, and it was one of those mom's groups that weren't very productive. 
And I think that's another thing that, you know, to the words of wisdom, to anyone who's listening who has small children and goes to mom's groups, please don't stay with mom's groups that all they do is complain. Go do something Mm -hmm. that they're like productive and doing something. And people will complain that, I mean, because life is life, but um, (laughs) don't stay with a mom's group that just sits there and complains. So this, this group complained a lot about everything and the kids are all running around this lady's house and the wiggles are on and she had this huge TV. It's like took up almost like a wall. And um, (laughs) there was this intense discussion about who the hottest wiggle was. And I'm sitting there listening to this and they're all just like, no, it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And everybody's arguing. And then of course somebody makes a comment about um, one of them's too short that she would never, you know, go out with someone like that. And I'm thinking, well, they're an Australian. They're millionaires, so they probably wouldn't talk to you right now. But um, I, I said I had actually interviewed them because I had worked for a, a parenting site and got to interview them. And so I knew how tall they were. Um, and they all looked at me like, what? He's so-and-so tall? Oh, well, that means they're all – and then the whole conversation shifted. And it was really bizarre. And I remember leaving there going, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm never going back to that. That's it. I'm going to a different mom's group. <laughs> oh my gosh! No. No. Okay, very intense discussion. <laughs> yes. Mm. Okay. Go. Doing something else. <laughs> Go to the bar. Um, so yeah, but it's just like those moments, like you're talking about about life, and and you have to sit there and say, this isn't, this is just bananas, and I'm going to have to shift. And I think that's what's kind of fun about what we do with our characters. They're in this situation, and they're like, this is banana pants. What am I doing? Um, and navigating them through those crazy you know, tunnels of life. And, and if we can do it in a funny, sexy way, I think that's one of the best jobs you could ever have. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so and you've got really the first book. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. It's really great, too, to hear from readers as far as um, yesterday there was a thread on Instagram. Someone posted a review, and the thread was about how much they disliked the sister of the heroine, which mm. she was written for you to dislike her. I loved that sure. conversation. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the best conversation. I am just getting a kick <laughs> out of this because it's wonderful when your characters resonate with people. And they're actually yeah. having a conversation thread about what they dislike about the sister and <laughs> I was like, I love this conversation. Thank you, guys. You just made my day. (laughs) Right. I mean, and that's funny because people, when they really respond, it's, it's, uh, and and I've had this happen to me, and I'm sure you have too, where people will say, what about this character? And it may be a character that you really hadn't considered writing anything about. Um, But for whatever reason, that person needs their story needs to be told and I and one person right. one friend of mine's like what are you going to do about so-and-so and I was like nothing and they said you can't leave it like that you just can't I mean she's just sitting there you got to fix it <laughs> what okay nice. so yeah which you know you're complimented that and then part of he's like oh more work but then you're like oh that's not too bad um but yeah, I would assume that with that same kind of feeling yesterday, with that discussion about I didn't like that character, you're like, yes. <laughs> I know you feel like a rock star, you know? yeah. And then your kids call for little. you, and you know, that feeling goes away, right? <laughs> so, t- so you've it's got okay. this book to 
yeah, you've got this book now, and then you have another one coming in the third of the series. And that yeah, comes out the third in of the series, I storm. February, right? Right now it's looking like March. Uh, March it has okay. a release date of March. However, that, that might be moved back a little bit. So if people okay. would like to join my newsletter or my Facebook group, all of my icons are on my website, and I will be happy to notify them uh, of any cool. release changes. But, yeah, I'm really cool. excited about that because a common thread that all of the books have is that there is a character um, nicknamed Thor who is, you know, the god of thunder on the ice. And, uh, sure. you know, he's got the biggest stick and he puts on the biggest show. And the third book is going to be his story. So I'm very excited about that. As you can tell, I'm a Marvel fan. <laughs> yes. Well, and it's fun that you said it today because it's Thursday, you know. So it's Thursday. Yep. It's Thursday. So we talk about, yeah, that's him. And, there you, you know, go. And we always say Chris Hemsworth's always welcome on the show if he ever wants to come on the show. So I would Absolutely. be so excited if he ever called in. That would be awesome. Um, oh, so. <laughs> that, would, that would be awesome. But, yes, or Tom Hiddleston because I am a big Loki fan. But, yes, so Thor is getting his own story. And, um, and I'll have you know it's very funny because I, I'm such a Marvel fan. Like in this book that just came out this week, Ice Hard, it, there's a debate on Marvel characters. You know, where the heroine's debating with some of the other hockey players at the wedding reception about, you know, who's the strongest Avenger. And I I had a fun time doing that because uh, my heroine's like, no, it's Black Widow. She rules. Right. She doesn't have any godlike powers and she kicks butt. (laughs) Right. And she's still alive. Yeah. That my husband actually (laughs) really is a fan of Hawkeye because for the same reason, you know, I mean, he's just Hawkeye. Yeah, but the funniest thing was we were, so my daughter, my youngest, was saying, um, you know, Mom, um, Hawkeye, and I went, what? And she said, Hawkeye. I said, are you saying hot guy? (laughs) She said, yeah. I said, it's Hawkeye. But I'm like, well, you know, it kind of works both ways. He is a hot guy. (laughs) Especially when he sings. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea Jeremy, Jeremy Renner sang and then I heard one of his songs I'm like oh my gosh and yeah. have you seen that yeah. clip from I want to say it was Kimmel where he's um singing I think it's an Ed Sheeran song um about Hawkeye and how you know he might not be a god but you know he knows how to knit or crochet or something you know <laughs> it is the most hysterical thing search on YouTube for that video it is so hysterical about why he's still super even though, you know, I think all he does uh, is Jimmy Fallon. It's Jimmy. Yeah, okay. I think it's Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry. I yeah. kind of lose track of who else is around if, like, Jeremy Renner's there or if Tom Hiddleston <laughs> is there. Although I still remember him <laughs> dancing on the Graham Norton show, and it's like, oh, one of my favorites. But that um, is Chris yeah, Hemsworth. I've watched that clip he so many does. times. Mm-hmm. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, and Chris Hemsworth, any interview he does, it's like, okay, I'm just glued. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this guy is so nice. He's so funny. Yeah. Oh, he's so hot. <laughs> Did you see the, so now, the clip? I know we're my going a total, yeah, we're total <laughs> tangent here, but that's fine. <laughs> that's cool. um, so the clip with the ladies from Ghostbusters, they're talking about how nice Chris Hemsworth no. was. and. Yeah, so if you look it up, it is fantastic. So it's Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Leslie Jones, and Kate McKenna, and they're McKinnon, and they're talking about how absolutely 
nice he is. And and they were waiting for him to be just a complete jerk. They were so hoping because he was so nice and good looking and all this other stuff. And apparently he has like a decent singing voice. And so Melissa McCarthy basically forbade him to sing because he could not have one more thing he was good at. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's tough being that perfect, honestly. <laughs> but I have I have no doubt his wife would be like problems. Yeah, his wife would be like, No, he's not perfect. Um but so and, and that's fun though to see. Um and to see that see that whole behind the scenes discussion. I think it's just makes him human, just wonderfully, wonderfully human. So um but yeah, if you get a chance to look at it, it's it's so much fun. And another friend of mine Definitely. I was uh, wanting to base uh, one of my new new books um, that I'm writing now. The character is kind of based on Tom Hiddleston. Well, a friend of mine has, runs some Facebook groups with, with you know, like the Hiddlestoners or something like that. Um, and then she's <laughs> met him a few times. And so I said, so, yeah, I know. I said, so tell me about him. I mean, how tall is he? You know, and she was, I was laughing. It was like, Christy, this is like very strangely a little bit concerning how much you know. Um, but she was like, oh, yeah, he wears this cologne, and he wears – it was just like <laughs> – and when he stands wow. up, he, you know, like – I mean, yeah, it was just like I'm feverishly writing notes down as she's telling me all this. So, um, I, And maybe I'll look weirdly obsessed uh, in the next book. I don't know. But eh, there's worse things. So <laughs> There you go. Well, hey, I, I am fortunate enough to have seen you, Jackman, perform this year. In his oh, one man right. show, um, mm-hmm. or the man, the myth, the show. Um, you know, he's mm-hmm. got the dancers, he's got the band, but that was my husband's wedding anniversary gift to me two tickets to Hugh Jackman. And oh my God, it was amazing. It was like seeing yeah. him live. And I know Tom Hiddleston is currently doing a play in Manhattan. And I've seen uh, other authors on Facebook going, We're in the audience. And I'm like, I'm so jealous, but I saw Hugh Jackman. Okay. All right. <laughs> Yeah. One life goal achieved this year, you know? <laughs> right. Oh, you One Jackman. thing at a time. <laughs> That's Just like, it. Why couldn't That's he have it. been there in, yeah, why couldn't he have been there in July when, you know, 3,000 right. romance authors were <laughs> right I'm there in the middle of downtown you. New York? <laughs> yeah, because we would have all been waiting at the backstage door. <laughs> That's true. We actually, on that, on that conference, we did a, a bus tour at night. And so it was really just, you know, they drive you around New York, right? And so we, it, was, yep. it was perfect weather. So they drop us off, and we're walking back, and there was Frankie and Johnny. We didn't, I didn't see the marquee for it because of the way I was walking. I would, I would turn left instead of right to go down, but we were coming up the street this time. So it was the big banner for Frankie and Johnny, and it was Audra McDonald and Michael Shannon were in it. And so that was like the Wednesday night of the conference. And so we're thinking, oh, my gosh. So Sasha Summers, who's going to be on next week, actually, um, we were walking up the street. There was a group of us. And she's like, oh, my God, Michael Shannon, oh, my God. And and she just started almost hyperventilating. It was actually kind of fun. (laughs) Um, And then he was outside. He was signing autographs. And she just froze in the middle of the sidewalk. And so we all literally just kind of shoved her (laughs) towards, you know, towards the line oh and of course God. they cut it off like two people ahead of her but um she was just standing there just like oh trying to take a picture it was actually very cute and endearing but um but yeah that it sounds adorable I think that sounds like was. a scene from a book <laughs> it does and I should tell her to write that um 
but yeah, she's, uh, it, it, again, it's those little moments, you know, that you just kind of throw together and, and everything else. So, so we've gone this wonderfully great tangent about Marvel because you do have stuff on your Pinterest page and you post things about Marvel and then you've got Thor in your third book, Thor on the Ice, God on the Ice. Um, and that one's called Ice Storm. I'm, here, I'm sorry. Storm. That's right. Well, That's that makes okay. sense because yeah. Thor and God of Thunder and, okay, Ice uh-huh. Storm. Got it. And, and, because, you and know, because of the the plot line too, because there's 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 a literally a storm brewing uh, and a figurative storm brewing. So yes, okay, we, we're covering okay. the bases on that book. <laughs> He's so going to get a good what, story. Uh, I'm excited. What um, cover wise? <laughs> do you know when that cover will be? Um, you'll get to reveal it. I do not know when we're going to be re- revealing it, but I do know that I have sent some very uh, hot guys to them, hot photos. <laughs> so we'll see which one they use, and okay. we'll go from there. But um, but keep following me on social media, and I cannot wait to release the cover. But, oh. um, but thank you to everyone at Love Swept, too, because Love Swept and Penguin Random House have uh, – the whole team has just been wonderful to work with. So I consider myself fortunate to be working with them. You, yeah, you've spoken volumes about how great it is to work with them. So um, that is very – it's always good when your publisher really takes such good care of you. Yes, and they're so delightful to work for. They really are. You know, um, I never thought my publisher would send me flowers when I was, uh, when I was sick last week, and I was hospitalized Aww. the week prior, and they were so sweet to send me flowers. It was just something that – you know, I just, I didn't expect it was such a surprise, but such a sweet surprise. So, you know, I truly, I truly am grateful for what I have. And, uh, you know, I think as authors, we deal with rejection a lot. And sure. I don't think anyone is as big critic of, uh, a critic of ourselves as we are of ourselves. So, um, you know, it's really nice when you find those people who believe in you and uh, who give you the best possible guidance. And I'm very fortunate to have that in my publisher, in my agent, and, um, you know, and to continue that forward. So counting my blessings is a very big thing in my right. life, and, uh, and I do have a lot to be thankful for. So, so when the bad when you talk happen, about we laugh and we count our blessings. <laughs> right. So and you're talking about the publishers believing in you and taking care of you, but, of course, you've had rejections. But what was Absolutely. the most helpful thing? When someone said no, what, what did they offer any other advice? Was it just like a form letter or was the rejection itself like motivating? The rejections that I got um, were through my agent at the time. And, um, Mm -hmm. and honestly, they all stemmed from liking the book. It just wasn't a fit for them. So, you know, it taught me that people can like what you write and for whatever unknown reasons and some, some known reasons, you're just not right for that particular company at that particular time. You know, they mm-hmm. could have another book or two in their pipeline coming up in the next few years, and yours would be competing, you know, with, with those they already have. Um, right. It, it just, I was given, with each rejection, I was given a better understanding of the publishing industry. And yes, I've done my homework and I've done my research and everything else, but um, every rejection always teaches me something. 
um, those that point out things in my writing that perhaps are missing or that can be done better, I do appreciate. Um, but I also appreciate learning more about the business as well. And mm-hmm. um, because publishing is a business and, you know, you don't take rejections personally, but you just try to learn from them and grow and move on. And hopefully I have this um, frame on my desk and it's a quote that says the only writer to whom you should compare yourself is the writer you were yesterday. And I so believe that, you know, I want to be a better writer with each book, with each day that passes. And that's my goal just to be better and, uh, and to really hone my craft. And I think rejections that, that help you with that are invaluable, you know, and also a lot of us don't know about the, the, you know, the publishing process and the acquisitions process. And, you know, that's helpful to know as well, as far as how they're acquired. And if you, go through acquisitions and traditional in traditional publishing, you know, what are they going to talk about, you know, and um, what questions will they have? If those things are very important and having your social yeah, media up to date, your website's up to date, you know, all that good stuff, because if they look into you, you want everything to be as updated as possible. And I try to update everything as well. Sometimes things will fall through the cracks of my website because there are so many pages on there but I try to do a lot of the updating as, as it's needed as opposed to waiting just because I want everything to be as updated as possible for readers as well as anyone else that visits the site. So, Right. And, it, and I think it's, I mean, people don't realize that the publishers, even if you have a big contract, the publishers are only going to do so much uh, publicity-wise. And so really uh, the weight of you making sure that people know your book is there is um, on the on the author. So it's it's a full time job sure. just for the for that. Absolutely, it is. Yeah, um, you know, marketing yourself is a full time job, and um, also branding yourself and staying true to your brand, your author brand, is very important as well. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. So we have about two minutes left, and so I wanted to. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the show today, and I have all of your links on the website, or the the write-up of the show. I have all of your links there. So you've got your website, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, BookBub, and Instagram, and then, of course, on your website, people can sign up for your newsletter so they can get the most up-to-date stuff. Um, And then you've got, hopefully, we've got um, Ice Storm coming out in March, and then I know that you have other projects that Sadly, we can't talk about today, but when you can, please come back and tell us what's going on, and we want to know. I would love to. I I would love to. You will be the first person I talk to about it. (laughs) But thank you (laughs) so much for having me today and for everyone listening. Oh, it was so wonderful to be here. And thank you to everyone who's who's listened to this. I hope this is fun. Yes, and so, and then, of course, it's like, you know, and then tune in because hockey season has just started or starting this weekend, right, officially? Uh, uh, yes, I, I think so. I've been in a haze, to be honest with you, and I've been writing a lot, so I'm not catching up. Mm-hmm. But I know because I DVR hockey games, and they're already in my DVR. So I okay, do so know that they weekend. have them playing at some point. Yes. Yes. And uh, oh, it's my DVR is filling up with hockey. Yes. 
know. I know. You're, you're talking to probably the one person that DVRs hockey games and also, you know, NHL overtime <laughs> to yeah. get the recap yeah, of hockey games. So, yeah. yeah. I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have Longhorn, <laughs> Longhorn Network and, uh, yeah, and I um, – I record the Longhorn games and sometimes the Spurs games. Totally get it. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> well, I hope you have on board all your listeners, and I hope you guys had fun. I had a blast being here. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was wonderful. Anytime. Teresa. Thank you again. And this was uh, Tracy Goodwin, author of the newest se- the, her newest series of the Ice um, – York Nighthawks. <laughs> uh, the hockey series, New York Ho- Nighthawks. And um, to, uh, grab the first two books now. They are out. And tune in next week for Sasha Summers. We'll be talking about her newest series as well. So thank you so much for coming, Yay. Tracy. This show thank brought you. to you by Bye-bye. Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.